Welcome to the Josh Scanlon Podcast. This episode first appeared as a video on my YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash heritage wealth planning. I hope you find it informative. Thanks. All right, so let's finish off our day with our third of our three-part study on medical bankruptcies uh, or medical cost-causing bankruptcies. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into this a little bit more for the last time here today, and, and hopefully this will at least put some icing on the cake in terms of your own contention that you're going to have bankruptcy and most likely cause from medical expenses. They're just, we, they're just the, the validation of that is just not there. Now, if you want to show me an article that does it where you can actually see the survey for it, and how they came to the survey's conclusions based on the data. I'm, I'm absolutely willing, ready and able to read that. Uh, the problem is when I get these kind of studies, I can tell the person who looked at the study to support their theory didn't actually read the study. Um, and it's, uh, it bothers me because if you're going to be permeating this kind of fear mongering, it's critical to understand the study itself. Um, I just got done, a guy had written on uh, Market Watch, and he, he quoted me, as a matter of fact, and he said, hey, you know, my thing about retirement uh, fear-mongering is for the investment industry to get people to stay working, invest longer so they can make fees. And he didn't really take me to task on that, but he kind of challenged the assertion uh, by using some studies uh, that he felt supported the idea there is a retirement crisis. And the, the irony of it, I had already done uh, videos on uh, one of the papers he cites from the Centers for Retirement Research at Boston College. And, uh, and what I think, I took it apart because if you looked at the details of it, uh, you just that doesn't make sense. Uh, you can see that the findings they had did not lead to the assumption or the conclusion that there was a retirement crisis. Uh, and that's the thing. Just because the headline, the data-driven headline, always is for clicks. It always is for clicks. Clicks raises monies for these firms or puts people in presidential profiles like Elizabeth Warren. Clicks are what runs the roost here. We This is, you know, publish or perish. You've heard of that. But if you're publishing and you're only getting people to look at your stuff who are, you know, just kind of fellow travelers in the philosophy department, it's, you, know, you want more than that. You want to be on CNN. You want to be in the Wall Street Journal. All right, so let's dive into this. Uh, we're going to start with the, an article from Forbes. A few uh, was this last year, I think, uh, from Peter Ubel uh, from yeah October third, two thousand eighteen. Medical bankruptcy is much much less common than Elizabeth Warren tells you. And again, I hate to make her the boogeyman, but she is. I mean, there's no other way around that. She used this to propel her to where she is now, which is a front runner in the Democratic uh, primary for the presidency. I don't think there's any way she's going to win, frankly, just because, uh, wow, tons, tons of baggage that Trump would exploit like no win. But, and she never had to uh, justify what she's done. Uh, just that's the thing. That's the way the media is. They like it. They're not going to challenge you on it. Uh, but Trump will, and the Republican Party will as well. I don't think she'd be president. But there she is, front runner for the presidential a contendership, which is uh, which is crazy. And who knows? Maybe she will. So let's see who this guy is. Uh, Peter is a physician and behavioral scientist at Duke. So if you were uh, of the need for the appeal to authority and they need to have uh, uh, PhDs or MDs or whatever is behind them, by all means. Uh, my books include Pricing Life from MIT and Free Market Madness uh, from uh, Harvard. Uh, challenge the shared decision making between, uh, he's got a new one coming out. Anyway, if you need to have the appeal to authority and you need some scientist or doctor before you can come to your own conclusions, well, here you go. You got one right here. Uh, tweet the, okay, so let's just read. I'm not care about his tweets. All right. So Elizabeth Warren, uh, describes medical bills as the leading cause of personal bankruptcy in the U S 
She bases that opinion on her own research, which I just cited uh, before, and I'll probably do so again and again and again, in which she and her collaborators, again, two Marxist professors, uh, survey all from Harvard, by the way. So Harvard, I, I just, I don't understand what you're doing to your brand. I really, really don't get it, but it's, it, you better turn around and fly right, man, because that brand is being decimated from your very eyes. Uh, in which she and her collaborators uh, surveyed people who had experienced personal bankruptcy, asked them whether they'd experienced health-related financial distress, and concluded that 60% of all bankruptcies uh, in the U.S. result from illness or injury. Uh, an article from the New, uh, New England Journal of Medicine this spring convincingly argued that uh, Warren's underestimates were seriously exaggerated due to faulty research methods, you think. I'll briefly summarize this critique, uh, and more importantly, I'll explain why even revised bankruptcy estimates still overstate the contribution of healthcare costs to American bankruptcy rates. And this is the article we'll dive into here in just a second. Uh, here's a quick review of the issue. Warren's team surveyed people who had declared bankruptcy, asked them if they experienced health-rated financial distress, and then blamed bankruptcy on health problems for anyone who reported such distress. <laughs> That's a problem because it assumes that lacking such health-related financial distress, none of these people would have become bankrupt. But if you ask these people about housing-related financial distress, you'll probably find at least 60% reporting such distress too. Would this mean housing costs are responsible for bankruptcies? In fact, my man Jeff just posted on my YouTube channel, uh, let's make housing uh, the chief proponent or the chief reason people go bankrupt and now the government can give us free housing because that's what they're challenging. We need the government to give us free health care because it reduced bankruptcies. Well, having your car loan and your housing and your student loan, all that's caught. You, obviously, you can't write off student loan bankruptcies, your credit card debt. If that's what's causing bankruptcies, we can get the government and Elizabeth Warren to rush in and save us from that. Uh, would that mean housing costs were responsible for the bankruptcy? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I hate to say it, you bite off more than you can chew, yes. But we know the cost for bankruptcy is losing your job. That's what happens. You lose your job. You can't afford the level of lifestyle you led before with all that debt accumulated, and thus you're going bankrupt. You could look at other sources of financial distress too, car payments, food costs, and you'd be left wondering which of these expenses caused them to experience personal bankruptcy. But for, of course, for most people, it's a combination of expenses that puts them to bankruptcy. It seems just common sense stuff, but politics is not based on common sense. A better methodology is to follow people hospitalized with a new illness or injury and see how many people end up in bankruptcy. In the study that we'll reach, uh, look at here in just a second, the research looked at people after they'd been hospitalized for the first time in at least three years. They found the rate of personal bankruptcy rose after hospitalization causing them to conclude that 4%, not 60% of bankruptcies are related to serious illness. So here we go. Uh, years after hospitalization. So after hosp when they get hospitalized is right here, all right? And after hospitalization, the number of, they have 3.6% of people looks like go bankrupt before hospitalization. After hospitalization, 4.4% go bankrupt. All right, so years before hospitalization, or years after hospitalization right here, uh, before hospitalization right here. So they're saying at the end of the day, proportion of people who file for consumer bankruptcy. Yeah. So they're saying 4.4% of the people who go into the hospital uh, are due file bankruptcy and that's attributed to the hospitalization. And we talked about what Megan McArdle said the other day, even if you quadruple that, that's still 15, 16%. A hell of a lot lower than uh, what old Elizabeth is talking about. Now, 4% is still a big number, and the figure shows a steep and troubling rise in bankruptcy after hospitalization. I mean, again, before hospitalization, after hospitalization. So we see after hospitalization, more people go bankrupt, significantly more. 
I don't get what that the first part of that is. So we got 3.4 percent of the people go bankrupt. Uh, I'm not, so I'm not getting that. So if it goes from 3.6 to 4.4, that would seem to be even less than uh, than four percent go bankrupt because of hospitalization. But either way, um, I'm not all that concerned with it, just because we know that, or at least I do. I'm, I've read enough on this to recognize that the whole thing is just silliness. Uh, let's see. Uh, but there's another way we need to keep in mind. Most people who become bankrupt after illness or injury are not necessarily bankrupt because of healthcare cost. Many people become bankrupt because they've lost income. Because that's, I mean, that literally, that's what causes bankruptcy is you lose your job. I mean, everything else is secondary. Medical bills do not cause bankruptcy. Losing your job does. Uh, reducing people's exposure to healthcare costs won't necessarily have a huge impact on bankruptcy rates. Uh, so uh, Peter here says, I'm passionate about reducing people's exposure to unnecessary health care expenses, but I don't believe more robust insurance coverage is a panacea for personal bankruptcy. We need more robust health coverage for people's serious illnesses or injuries, but even more importantly, we need to pursue policies that get Americans to save more money uh, and that address that kind of income inequality that puts many uh, hardworking people one major event, life event away from bankruptcy. I, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, okay, I'm not sure what that means, but no, it's one major life event. You lose your job, but that's what it comes down to. You lose your job, you're going to deal with bankruptcy. It's just weird. The same guys at Forbes and all these other places who are, uh, you know, knee deep in uh, China, Trump tariffs, and all that, you know, don't see the inevitable obviousness of what they're talking about here, which is unmitigated immigration and unmitigated trade uh, with the co which countries that want to do must. Uh, I, I just don't understand. That hurts job creation in the United States for Americans. It might not hurt it for the Chinese or immigrants coming here, but it hurts it for Native Americans and American citizens who were not born here but now have become American citizens because they're dealing with low-cost labor. And anytime you're dealing with low-cost labor, you're more inclined to lose your job. I don't get why Forbes and the capitalists don't recognize that, but be it as it may. All right, so let's read the uh, the article he referred to. Myth and Measurement, the Case of Medical Bankruptcies from uh, Carlos Dobkin, Ph.D., Amy Finkelstein, Ph.D., Raymond Klunder, and uh, Matthew uh, Noto-Widigo. Um, all right, uh, yeah, from the New England Journal of Medicine, which is this exact paper. Uh, so let's go. We're just going to read the preface, and we'll uh, end it here, and we'll be done with this whole topic for probably another six months. Uh, during the push to pass the Affordable Care Act, Obama often described the crushing cost of health care that was causing millions of Americans to live every day just one accident or an illness away from bankruptcy. And he repeatedly stated that the high cost of health care causes a bankruptcy in America every 30 seconds. Stories of illnesses and injuries with financial consequence were so severe that they caused households to file for bankruptcy uh, were so severe that they caused households to file for bankruptcy were used as a major argument in support of the Affordable Care Act. In 2014, Elizabeth Warren and Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island cited medical bills as a leading cause of personal bankruptcy. When introducing the Medical Bankruptcy Fairness Act, which would have made the bankruptcy process more forgiving for medically distressed debtors. And guess what would have, out of 2000, I don't think it would have passed the Republican-controlled House. But guess what would have happened? <laughs> magically you would have more people uh, claiming health insurance health costs was a reason for the bankruptcy see we have to we had to pass this bill uh, in order to prevent more people from filing bankruptcy because of health costs and you say well now we got more people using medical bankruptcies to file for bankruptcy you can see i mean come on man you gotta you don't have to be a rocket science to realize that the politics leads to behavior it's just incentive 
You don't get fairness treatment in bankruptcy because you're freaking smoking dope and you can't go to work because you're too high. But you do get medical fairness treatment for bankruptcy because that smoking dope allowed you to say you're sick and you couldn't pay for your health or your bottle, whatever the hell it is. And so you're filing bankruptcy. The exact same person. Which way is he going to pick? He's going to pick door number two and say his bankruptcy was caused by medical issues, not because he uh, chose to partake in uh, illicit activity. I mean, just... It's, <laughs> course uh so then elizabeth warren said we didn't do enough now we gotta do more because look how many more people are filing for bankruptcies uh, yeah, yeah. uh but it turns out that existing evidence for medical bankruptcy suffers from a basic statistical fallacy when we eliminated this problem we found a compelling evidence of the existence of medical bankruptcies but discovered that medical expenses caused many fewer bank bankruptcies than has been uh, claimed Policymakers' beliefs about the frequency of medical bankruptcies are based primarily on two high-profile articles that claim that medical events cause approximately 60% of the bankruptcies. And the articles are from uh, Warren and uh, Himmelstein and uh, his uh, co-Marxist patriot, I forgot, Ernest Stephanie, something like that, uh, fellow traveler. In these studies, people had gone, who had gone bankrupt were asked whether they experienced health-related financial stress, such as substantial medical bills or income loss due to illness. People were also asked whether they, they went bankrupt due to medical bills. People who reported any of these events were described as having experienced a medical bankruptcy. So if you said yes to any of them, you were described as having a medical bankruptcy. This approach assumes that whenever a person who reports having substantial medical bills experiences a bankruptcy, that bankruptcy was a cause of the medical debt. The fact that, according to the CFPB, which uh, warned... Uh, <laughs> essentially founded uh, about 20% of Americans have substantial medical debt, yet in a given year, less than 1% of Americans file for personal bankruptcy suggests that this assumption is problematic. 20% of Americans have substantial medical debt. In a given year, only 1% of Americans file for bankruptcy. So obviously there's no uh, correlation. Uh, clearly, many people face medical debt but do not go bankrupt exactly. Even after correcting for overly broad defini definitions of medical expenses, the existing widely cited evidence on medical bankruptcy is built on the fallacy that when two things occur, there is nearly a there is necessarily a casual relationship between them. And I like this analogy. Suppose we want to know which factors increase a person's chance of uh, becoming a technology billionaire. Investigation of recent technology giants might suggest that dropping out of college is a high return strategy. Look at Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, and Mark Zuckerberg. Dropping out of Harvard seems to have a particularly high payoff. By examining only college dropouts who have already become technology billionaires rather than all college dropouts, this analysis misses the fact that most college dropouts do not go on to lucrative careers in the tech business. So you're only going to focus on Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, and Bill Gates. Say, oh, we got to put two and two together. You should drop out of college. And, and inherently, that would have a correlation between coming to a millionaire, billionaire. A similar problem pervades the current literature on medical bankruptcy. The studies mentioned here above examine only the experiences of people who actually went bankrupt, who actually went bankrupt. But it's impossible to defer the role of medical expenses in causing bankruptcy without information on the share of the population with large medical expenses who did not go bankrupt. To estimate the share of bankruptcies caused by medical factors, we therefore selected a sample of people who are admitted to the hospital in California and tracked information on their annual credit reports, uh, including whether or when they filed for bankruptcy. Because we examine the relationship between when people go to the hospital and the timing of bankruptcy, 
we were able to estimate the increase in bankruptcy filings caused by illness or uh, injury rather than the fraction of people filing for bankruptcy who happen to have substantial medical expenses. Our study was based on a random stratified sample of adults 25 to 64 years old who between 2003 and 7 were admitted to the hospital for non-pregnancy stay uh, for the first time in at least three years. We linked more than half a million such people to their detailed credit report rec records from the period between 202 and 211 and they show a scattered part of their analysis. The results show a clear effect of hospital emission on bankruptcy. They aren't saying there is no cause there. They're saying if you're admitted to the hospital, you're higher probability to go bankrupt. That's a fact. But just to say that, but what, uh, what Elizabeth Warren and et al. don't do, they don't look at the whole population as a whole. They just look at the people who went bankrupt and they said, oh, of these people, they chose as a part of the 16 different reasons that one could choose with medical illness was one of the 16. That's they all went bankrupt because of medical expenses. Forgetting the regular population as a whole. The fact these are just shows you the, in, the absurdity of looking at college administrations or college studies. I mean, this is Harvard, man. No one else was able to pick this out and say, whoa, 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 you're not looking at the population as a whole. You're not. How many people have medical bills but did not go bankrupt? So you can't, yeah. This finding indicates that there is expenses that result uh, from illness or injury that cause a hospital admission. For example, out-of-pocket medical costs or lost labor income cause some people to file bankruptcy. However, the magnitude of the bankruptcy effect is much smaller than previously thought. We estimate that hospitalizations cause only 4% of non uh, of personal bankruptcies among non-elderly U.S. adults, which is an order of magnitude smaller than previous estimates uh, described above. All right. So I'm not going to get you a link, link, a lead. It'll, I'll put a link to the show notes here. Um, uh, let's see here. And you can see the studies from Hevelstein, Warren. I've already talked about a couple of those. Uh, anyway, so that's good stuff. I love it. I just, look, man, they're, people are out to get you. There's no other way around that. They're out to get you, make you scared, make you worried, make you stay in work at your crappy old job. Uh, to make you, I mean, fear drives politicians love when you're engaged and when they're, uh, when you're scared because you will turn to them for safety and they'll gladly provide safety. Uh, but unfortunately it's not safety for long term. It's just not. So don't fall for this stuff, my friends. I mean, it, Republicans do the same thing. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing just Democrats here. I mean, Republicans do it all the time as well. I know that. I mean, look, I look at the NRA. I mean, I'm a life member, proud to be. I'll never, I'll, I'll never not become a life member of the NRA. Every month I get the American Rifleman. Yeah, and every month is about who's trying to take our guns next. I mean, it's, it's just, this fear drives action. It does, and I get it. That's how you raise, when you raise people's fear, you're able to lead them better. And uh, it's sad, but that's the nature of humans, I guess. But anyway, don't fall for it. Smash, and we'll see you next time.